Thank you, worship team, for leading us in song this morning as we sing these praises to God and sing these truths. What a joy it is to just be able to gather together and to praise our God in this way. Um, even when I'm singing, as I just look around and see you people just praising God, it, it encourages my heart as well. So uh, it's just that joy of being united together in song. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm, I'm just so privileged. It's just amazing to see uh, and just praise to God for what he's done, and the fact that he sent his son. Uh, as we start this morning, uh, we're actually starting in a new uh, sermon series. We're going to be going through uh, the Gospel of John. Um, so it's going to go on, it might go on for quite a while as we, as we go through it, um, but we're very excited. Uh, as each, each Gospel, though teaching on you know, many, the many truths of Jesus, are all focused in on specific truths that they try to touch upon. Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, he touches upon the kingship of Jesus as he goes through the genealogy, um, all the way from Abraham to David to Jesus, and just how Jesus was uh, that promised Messiah uh, through the promises of Abraham and through David. Uh, in Mark, he talks about Jesus' servanthood. Uh, there's a lot of miracles that Jesus does in the Gospel of Mark and shows uh, his servanthood to what God has called him to, how he submits to God's will, and how he serves the people, and how he has humbled himself ultimately on the cross. Uh, in Luke, it talks about Jesus' manhood, and that's not talking about like buff and strong, although I'm sure he was pretty muscular as he was uh, a carpenter and, and worked in that way, but uh, it's talking about Jesus' humanity. Um, <clears throat> that although, yes, he was God, came to earth, right, 100% God, but he's also 100% man, and he walked on the earth, and he experienced the things that we experienced. He can empathize with us. He has gone through the things that we go through. But in John, the Gospel of John, he focuses on Jesus' godhood, that Jesus was creator God, that he was there from the very beginning, that he created the whole universe, and pointing who Jesus is as the Son of God, and that we would be redeemed through him. That it had to be, and Jesus had to be God for that to happen. In John 20, 30 to 31, uh, John actually blatantly points out the purpose of his gospel. Uh, it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things that are written are so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so I want to start off with this question. As we jump into this new series, as we jump into the Gospel of John, what do you believe about who Jesus is? For those of us who have grown up in the church, I'm sure we have heard a lot about Jesus. I think at some time, like at some point, it almost like gets old in a sense. Right? We're like, we know these things. Yes, Jesus came to earth. Yes, Jesus is God. Yes, Jesus was a human and he walked and he was perfect and he did all these amazing things and he died on the cross and that's awesome and I'm saved. But I think sometimes we kind of lose the awe of who God is, the holiness of, of who Jesus is and the fact that he really did come and the fact that it was really God here on earth, and that this Jesus is the same God who was there in the very beginning who created everything. And so the more that I, I grow and, and learn just about life as I get older, the world just seems that much bigger. The more, that's kind of that phrase that the more you know, the less you know, right? Things just keep going. And it's the same with God. As we continue to learn more about God, there's just so much more to learn. 
And so it's my prayer and Pastor Nate's prayer as we continue to go through John that we just be in awe of who God is. That as we learn about him, that there's just more that we see that we actually don't know about who he is. That we're just being in awe of who he is. That every time we come to this gospel, that we see Christ, that Christ would just seem a little bit bigger. The picture of who he is a little bit clearer. That you come to truly believe in him as a son of God, the true giver of life. If we really desire to live like Christ, to share Christ, we must know him for who he is revealed to us through his holy scriptures. Because there's a lot out there that people will say about Jesus that's actually not backed up by scripture. But do we know this Jesus that John talks about in his gospel? Do we believe in this Jesus and does our life reflect that? That is our prayer as we go into John. So let me pray for us as we jump into the gospel of John. Heavenly Father, May we stand in awe of you as we come into your presence, God, into your holiness, your majesty and your power as we read from your word this morning. Your word is truth, and may we see it rightly so as that, God. Lord, grant us a hunger for your truth, and God, may we submit to your truth, even when it's difficult. Lord, guide us in wisdom and understanding that we would know the meaning of this text and how it points us to Christ and who he is. Lord, increase our love for you and for one another. Lord, help us apply this passage to our lives today that we would be challenged and changed by your word through the working of your spirit, that we would be obedient followers of Christ. Lord, help me to preach your word with boldness and gentleness, that you will be centered, that you will be glorified, and as you continue to save and sanctify your people, God, we will just praise you. And I pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me? We're going to be right in the very beginning of the Gospel of John. John 1. It's a very short passage that we're going through. Just John uh, verses 1 to 3. So John 1 verses 1 to 3. So John 1 starts. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. This prologue to the rest of the gospel uh, that we're going through, this is actually verses 1 to to 18. We're just going to do this little section. But this prologue is very important to the rest of the gospel, as it touches upon the many themes to come within the gospel of John. But John doesn't hesitate to get right into this deep theology uh, that is by immediately pointing us to the, the Godhood of Jesus. We see he starts with in the beginning. John begins by pointing us first to the Word's existence in eternity with God, before all creation. And it's of great importance pointing us to Jesus' deity. He was there before creation, He wasn't created. In the beginning, this phrase in Greek, arche, is meaning origin. Kind of like when you think about uh, a superhero's origin story. How, how they came to be. How they came to be who they were. What John is saying is that Jesus, the Word, was there in the beginning. The same words uh, that kind of point us back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. From the very beginning, Jesus was. He just was. 
He was pre-existent. He was always there. It's fitting that John starts here, as we see in the next couple of verses, of the major role Jesus plays in creation. That he created the universe, which means he had to be there before the creation of the universe. This beginning that John speaks of, uh, unlike how Mark's gospel focuses more on the servanthood, workings of Jesus, so he starts off his gospel with the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Jesus here on earth. Jesus is working here on earth. But John says, no, the gospel actually goes farther back even. We can take it even farther back, showing us that the gospel of Jesus in his godhood goes farther to than his birth, farther than the prophets, farther back than even creation. Jesus was there since the beginning, the originator of creation. Now, this sort of thinking is often kind of set aside for like those late nights when you can't sleep and you just kind of have those moments of like, I exist. I don't know if you guys have ever had those moments before where like you just sort of, it just hits you that you're alive and that there's this God and he created you and it's just mind-blowing. It's kind of like this. So don't, don't strain yourself too much of trying to understand, like, how, how, does, how is Jesus there before everything existed? How, is, how does that all work? In our finite understanding, it, it's hard for us to comprehend. Uh, it can give us a headache. <laughs> However, John begins this because it's the beginning, and it's important for us to know where the beginning is. Important to know that Jesus was there in the beginning. Always was. He always existed. He had to be. If he was who he said he was, if he knew what he said that he knew, if he did what he said that he was doing, then he had to be there from the very beginning. It begins to open our hearts and our minds to the greatness of Christ. So don't let it diminish him because you don't understand. Let it fill you with just awe that Jesus, God who walked among us, was there from the very beginning. In John 17, 5, Jesus says, And now, Father, is a prayer uh, to God. It says, Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. <clears throat> and in John 1, 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So if you didn't already figure out, when John uses this phrase, the Word, spoiler, he's talking about Jesus. Who we see became flesh and dwelt among us, right? If you've heard uh, the gospel, if you've heard the story of Jesus, we, we know that, right? But maybe you haven't heard that before. Right? So God, this Word, Jesus, <clears throat> came and dwelt among us. But why, why did John use this phrase, the word? Because it kind of confuses people sometimes, right? Why doesn't he just say Jesus was there in the beginning? In Greek, this phrase, the word, uh, is the word logos, which maybe you've heard before. Philosophically, this concept of the word was uh, this being a, an impersonal principle of, of reason. So there's this kind of like, in a sense, energy of just reason that gave order to the universe, but as we look at the Bible and see John using this for Jesus, we know that Jesus is anything but impersonal. Right? He came to earth. Link, uh, this, this phrase that John's using is really more linked to God's 
powerful activity in creation, in his revelation and his deliverance. If we look back in Genesis 3, we know that God spoke and things came into existence. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God's word brought about creation. And we'll see in just the next verses of Jesus' part in creation. Right? Through him all things were created. Without him not anything that was made would be made. Jesus represents this phrase, this, the word, God's word to create. We also see in the Old Testament in Isaiah 55 that God's word was used as, as judgment and deliverance. As we look at the prophets, God's word is personified. In verse uh, Isaiah 55, 10 to 11, it says, For as the rain and the snow came down from heaven, and do not return there but uh, water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And does not Jesus fulfill that perfectly? As God sends his son to earth to accomplish the will of the Father, to go and accomplish the purpose that he was given, to die on the cross for our sins. And like the prophets, God speaks to us through Jesus as well, right? His revelation to us. If we look at Hebrews 1, 1 to 2, it says, Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. So in the Old Testament, D.A. Carson says, God's word is his powerful self-expression in creation, revelation, and salvation. And the personification of that word makes it suitable for John to apply it as a title to God's ultimate self-disclosure, the person of his own son, Jesus. In Colossians 1, 15 to 17, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. As we look at Jesus, we see God. We see who God is. We see what God is like. All that God has said to us through his scripture, along with the life of Christ, and all that Jesus says draws our attention to his word, to the things that he says. Jesus himself, whom in John eight thirty one says, If you abide in my word... The sum of all that I have said, uh, which is himself, they are truly his disciples, those who abide in his word, which is him. And so again, like John 20, 31, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John Piper writes that the words of Jesus as the truth of God and the person of Jesus as the truth of God Uh, in such a unified way that Jesus himself, in his coming and working and teaching and dying and rising, was the final and decisive message of God. Or to put it more simply, what God had said to us was not only or mainly what Jesus said, but who Jesus was and what he did. The first, final, ultimate, decisive, absolutely true and reliable word of God. Jesus is the perfect image of God. And so John uses this phrase, the word, for us to help us to understand who Jesus is and what he 
what he represents. He represents God himself because he is God. He's a perfect image of God. He shows us who God is, what God's purpose is, what God is like. He's the author and sustainer of creation and new creation. And so maybe sometimes in life you, you might struggle with seeing God as close and personal. I know I've been there before. It's hard to see, you know, God because he's not always physically there. To sometimes think that he doesn't always fully understand us or understand what we're going through. or uh, It's maybe just hard to feel like we, we know him. He seems so far off and holy. But God isn't some impersonable principle. You know, just keeping things in order. Jesus, the Word, became flesh, the perfect image of God himself. Our Creator God, who spoke things into being, had his hand in all creation, who spoke to his people through his people, and later left his throne and came to earth to walk amongst humanity and experience all that we have, uh, that we have experienced. And then he died as a perfect sacrifice to make a way for us to be saved from our sins. God's word isn't this impersonal force that's just keeping order in things. It's the very person of the Son of God, of Jesus Christ, powerfully creating and working in the Father's will. Jesus was there in the beginning. He was rich, yet became poor. All this was no accident, but from the very beginning, continually pointing us to the true life in him, and that is the gospel. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich in him. That's 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And so the second thing that we see, even just in this first sentence of this Gospel of John, is that the Word was with God and was God since the beginning. John pointed us to the eternity of the Word, right? Jesus was there in the beginning. But now he's talking about the person of the Word who this word is. The word was in the beginning, so therefore the word must either be with God or be God himself. And John says, why not both? Right? The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And you can see that even in Genesis 1 again, right? You can see a lot of John taking back all the way from Genesis, right? In Genesis 1, 26, It says, then God said, let us, us, make man in our image. The word was there in the beginning with God, in the very beginning, right? And the word was God in the very beginning. Many verses like these point us to the distinct personhood of the members of the Trinity. The Trinity being the Godhead, that there are three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so when John says, with God, he's talking about that fellowship that God shared amongst the Godhead, the three persons. When John tells us that the Word was with God, this is what we understand. The Word, God the Son, Jesus Christ, was and eternally with God since the beginning, with the Holy Spirit, in relationship, and does the will of the Father, submit to the Father, yet equal 
One God, three persons since the beginning. Again, another concept that might be a little mind-blowing out there, right? But we see Scripture showing that. And instead of denouncing it, let it fill us with awe of who God is. That our God is so beyond our understanding. Another way to understand uh, what John was saying with with is that you could phrase it as the word was continually toward God. They were face to face. This idea of closeness and movement toward each other, continual movement toward each other. This perfect fellowship and relationship of love. It's a deep equality and intimacy. And so we know when it says the word was with God, John is talking about a person distinguishable from one another and enjoying personal relationship with each other. Some deep understandings that come out of this is that we realize that God actually didn't need to create us. He doesn't need us to like fulfill some kind of intimacy or relationship. God was in perfect relationship before creation. God was holy and perfect, lacking nothing, all glorifying the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in perfect love relationship with one another. They were content, they were pure, perfect. And yet we have seen and will see how God still created by his word. He still created us, which makes it all that more amazing. That although God did not need us, he desired to create us and have relationship with us, for us to share in his glory as his children. And so this idea of intimacy and love, of face-to-face toward one another, is key to our own understanding of how we are to love ourselves. We can know love because God is the very author of love. He is perfect love itself. In the Godhead, a perfect eternal love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So let us never never accuse God of not understanding love and not understanding uh, what it means to be in love. He is love itself. In 1 John 4, 7-8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. The Word was with God in fellowship, in perfect love. The next phrase we see is, the word was God. It's talking about the very being of the word, of Jesus. It's not, not it, he's not saying he was, uh, it's not was a God, not was like God, nor was like a God. He was never, the word was never not God and never became God later. The word was God. In very self, in being, in essence and in character. The Word was God in every way, and yet, as we said, separate person from the Father and the Holy Spirit. Let's just let the weight of this truth sit. The Word was God. Jesus, although a man who came to earth, who had a mother and father, who grew up, who spoke with people, he interacted with people, who had friendships, who was betrayed, who was beaten and crucified on the cross, 
Three days later, he rose again. He went to heaven and is coming back again to judge the world. This Jesus is God. And he walked among us. Sometimes I, it just blows my mind. Just imagining that Jesus was actually on this earth. Actually walked on this earth that we walk on. He was in places that we can actually go to if we flew there. Maybe not right now because of COVID, but you can go there, right? You can see places that Jesus himself walked, that God walked upon. He actually interacted and talked to people. He had friendships with people. He laughed and joked with people. He, he cried with people. This was God, the creator of the universe. So why is this so important? Why did John say this at the very beginning of his gospel? It's because it sets up all that we see and hear about Jesus that we'll learn about him as we go through this gospel of John and ultimately in the climax of his death and resurrection on the cross. You see, many beliefs and religions out there might actually acknowledge that Jesus existed, that he was an actual person that existed, but not all of them, actually I would say probably none of them, actually would say that he is God. Well, that's vital to Christianity. That's vital to what we believe. Jesus wasn't just this wise prophet. He wasn't just this guy who was really nice. Jesus is God, was God. We can't throw it away so easily because with it you throw away everything. As Martin Luther has stated, the divinity of Christ, everything depends on this doctrine. It serves to maintain and support all other doctrines in our Christian faith. And so John intends for us to read the whole of his gospel through this verse, right from the beginning. The Word was with God and the Word was God. All that Jesus did and said are the same as the deeds and words of God because they are the same. If we didn't see that and didn't believe that from right now, then the rest of the gospel would be blasphemy. It wouldn't work. So John wants to be very clear of those times that he spent with Christ that took him a long time. He wanted to set right away for us to understand that Jesus is God, the Son of God, the promised Messiah. Because if Jesus is not God, and wasn't with God since the beginning, then he could not have accomplished your salvation. How could anyone except God be a propitiation, someone who can appease the wrath of a most holy God for our sins toward him? Right? Which results in eternal death. Right? We know that. That's where we were. Our sins result in death eternally. Separation from God, his wrath poured out on us. No amount of good deeds, of times attending church, of dollars in the bank account can pay that price for the sins we committed. Yet God made a way through the word becoming flesh, Jesus Christ, who if not God, would not have such perfect love, mercy, grace, patience, servanthood, 
and humility, to come down from heaven's glory, to come down with that per- from that perfect relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, from the throne to live among us, all knowing he was to die a sinner's death. All the while, he did not sin and lived a perfect life. But he rose again and conquered death. And now, like Thomas, may we as Christians confess of Jesus Christ as we look at the holes in his hands and his feet, my Lord and my God. Jesus is God, was with God in the beginning. The last thing that we see is that Jesus was creator and all things were made through him. In verse 3 it says, Through him all things were made. Without him anything made would not have been made. It's important not to compartmentalize God and Jesus. Sometimes we can kind of put them in separate boxes, right? That we don't just see God as this creator, holy God, wrathful, judgmental, right? Who uh, destroyed sinners and then Jesus as his bringer of peace and love and kindness and compassion, right? God of the Old Testament is love. And Jesus is also judge, right? And vice versa. Jesus is coming back, and he is coming back to judge the world, and then to redeem us. And we look forward to that day. Right? Those who put their faith in him. They are the same perfect images of each other, right? Jesus is submitting and doing the will of the Father, and yet we see that there in the beginning, He was with God and was God, and he was vital to the creation of all things, right? Jesus is your maker. In Colossians 1, 15 to 17, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, which we read before, right? The firstborn over all creation. But if we continue on, in verse 16, it said, For him in all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The Son is the image of God. The Father carrying out his creative work through the activity of the Word, through the activity of Jesus, who has authority over all creation, who created all things, created for him, and he's holding it all together. Right? The word was there in the beginning, and not anything made would have been made without him. So as we said before, the word was there from the beginning, right? But without him, not anything was made. Pointing us to the truth that the word was in fact maker, but was also not created, but creator. Right? Jesus wasn't just this man who was created, who was wise, and given power by God, right? He was God. He was there in the beginning. What an amazing picture for us to understand even more deeply the fact that Jesus came to earth. The earth he created. Right? He was born amongst animals and people whom he, he foreknew and designed. He experienced the sun's heat, which radiated the immense glory of God, and the cool of night and the moon's glow he told to govern the darkness. He slept under the very stars he formed and knows the number of. 
He walked on the dirt from which he created Adam. Felt the cooling effects of the nice breeze on his sweaty brow. He felt the weariness after a long day's travel and need to be satisfied by the water he commands. He felt the joy of being amongst those whom he loved and the tears that flowed to express a deep sadness for their death. This word who came in flesh also battled the temptation of the devil and conquered. Pursued and submitting to the Father's will in Gethsemane, quietly took the beating and torture, insults and blasphemy from the very people whom he knew so deeply and intimately and was in fact dying to save. He felt the pain of the nails through his hands and feet, piercing the skin he once created from dust. He experienced the weight of our sins, the wrath of God's judgment upon them, and separation from the Father. And he felt the dying last breath that he gave as he said, it is finished on the cross. Jesus is the Word, the one who brings order in all creation, the one who holds all things together, the one who made us in his image. So how can we think that we will never find true meaning and purpose if we're apart from him? Only as we come to know God and do his will do we find true joy and purpose in life. And we come to know God through Jesus, the Logos, the Word, who is the very person of God, the heart and mind of God, and in him is true life. Jesus saves us from death. Jesus brings us back to God through his saving sacrifice. Right? How often can we think that God doesn't understand us, that God doesn't understand what we're going through, the suffering that we might be facing, that he doesn't get it, that he doesn't have a plan, that some of our things that we face are just too big for God to handle. He handled our biggest problem in this world, our sin, by coming to earth and showing us himself and dying for us, planned since the beginning. Right? Don't think God doesn't have a plan. Doesn't have a deeper purpose for our struggles, for the things that we face. Through him, all things were created. He created you. He knows you intimately. He's experienced these things as he came to earth. He knows what you're going through. He's in control. He has authority. He commands over the waters and winds to hush. He commands the demons to come out and leave. He tells the sick they are healed, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And he tells the repenting sinner who believes on his name that they are forgiven. He is the word of God. And so as we only spent or gone through these first three verses, I pray that we're just in awe of who God is. As we look to this, we see that Jesus is God, both in being and fellowship from the very beginning, and all things were made through him. We can see how each of these aspects of Jesus are so vital and important, how each one supports each other. Because he was always there since the beginning, he must be God, he must be with God in fellowship, perfect and holy, and as creator, before all things, right? He made it all. So I ask you again, what do you believe about Jesus? Because we can't forget that he was there in the beginning, 
that he was God, that he was with God, and that he created all things. Because if we forget that, we may as well throw everything else away. Jesus is God. Both in being and fellowship from the very beginning, and all things are made through him. Do you know this Jesus? Have you accepted this Jesus into your life? Are you following this Jesus? In John 8, 24, it says, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And that might be you this morning. I don't know. Are you still dead in your sins? Or have you put your trust and faith upon Christ, who was God, who was with God? since the beginning, who created you, who knows you, who came to earth and on the cross to save you if you put your faith in him. Because just a couple verses after John 8, 24 and John 8, 31 to 32, it says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, pointing to himself, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Let us pray. Three verses of the Gospel of John. God, our, our eyes are just wide open to who you are. They're spread so far, God, and sometimes it's, it's things that are just even hard for us to comprehend in our own finite being. But God, may we truly believe these things, for they are vital to our faith. God, to who you are. God, to who Jesus is that he was there in the beginning, that he is God, that he was with God. Perfect relationship. And God, through him, all things are created. And he holds all things together. God, may you forgive us of these times that we push these truths aside, that we didn't fully acknowledge them, that we didn't fully understand them. God, that we just sort of let Jesus fall flat God, may you reignite just this passion for who God is, who Jesus is. God, reignite this desire to seek him out, to know him better, to know him deeper through his word. God, forgive us of these times that we trust in ourselves, that we believe more in ourselves than in you, creator of the world, the one who died for our sins. God, may we just be in awe of who you are. And God, may that change our lives. May we look differently. May we continue to grow. May we continue to fight and persevere through these struggles, God, that you know that we're going through. And you understand and you felt and you experienced. God, you know all these things. You're not impersonal, God. You are right here. And you show all this through Christ. And so, God, may we look at Christ to see you. We look at your word and what it says about Christ. And as we continue to go through John, God, may we just worship you through that, of who you are, of who you've revealed yourself to be through Jesus. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.